What's up, everybody? Welcome into this week's episode of Here's Potable. Um, had a couple days off, just random stuff going on, but we're back to uh, talk a little about, bit about Oklahoma State and then move on to what the rest of the season holds. So, here we go. Hey, before we get to the podcast, I just want to do make sure I shout out our sponsor, Prime Residential Mortgage Incorporated. They're the Lending with Passion division of Primary Residential Mortgage Inc. Whether you're buying, refinancing, or taking cash out of your home, PRMI can help. Rates are still near all-time lows, and our mortgage experts can help find the best mortgage solution for you. They can help you with purchasing your dream home, an investment property, a vacation home, whatever you need, they can help you with. They have locations all over the state of Texas, but they complete the entire process online, and it's easy, and, and they just love working with fellow Red Raiders. They can be reached at Raider at primeres.com, through the website at www.lendingwithpassion.com, or by phone at 214-736-9466. So get in touch with them for, for any of your needs for anything like that. All right. So after a uh, pickleball and family picture hiatus, we are back. Well, two of the three are back. I think Will is going to join us shortly. Um, and that's probably my fault. But we have Hunter here. And uh, how is the pickleball tournament? It's not a tournament. It's just like a pickup game. Somebody kept calling it a tournament. I guess it's just in my mind now. Yeah. Or maybe I did. It's yeah, like a it's joke. Just a, it's just a Wednesday night uh, pickleball game. Just pick pickup style. Everyone who has asked about it, like, or everyone who has mentioned it, talks about, like, they ask, like, what, I make a joke. Like, what are you, 80? Like, I didn't realize pickleball was like an old man's game. I think it, I thought it was kind of like an old woman game it's a lot of fun though it's, it's a lot of fun i recommend I, uh, trying it if you have i know there's drama with pickleball like these old people are taking over our parks we can't like with pickleball it's everywhere like i've seen that a few times um but i've defended you too like when people start calling you out about pickleball i'm like whoa, whoa, whoa. this guy he also plays basketball once a week so he's not 85 like he, he this is just a hobby he's no, i'm 32 He's all right. Um, But yeah, so we haven't talked the due to pickleball and family pictures. We have not talked since when the, since Oklahoma state. Um, Before Oklahoma state. Yeah. Before Oklahoma state. And so it's kind of been too long to really rehash that game, but because I think everything that has been said or needed to be said has been said. Um, The one thing I want to add, because I don't think I've said it anywhere is I do think that first half was the best we've played all year. I don't know if you agree with that. Offensively, without question. I, I'm yeah. sure there was defensively, we've been on our, you know, I think we've been on our heels the last couple of weeks. But yeah. Without question, offensively, it was. The, I guess the only reason I, I I include the defense is because I think Oklahoma state's offense was better than I thought. And I don't think that was because the defense is worse. They, they had a really good game plan against us and, and the defense still gave the offense like a chance. Like if Baron wouldn't, wouldn't have gotten hurt. And I say that, but also like 
the Oklahoma State, like, and I think this is something that Killy is going to have to figure out. They stopped blitzing. And our offensive line is so bad that it didn't hurt them. Like, they still got a, a crazy amount of pressure without blitzing. And then those quick throws were gone. And then, you know, then Barron couldn't move to create time for deeper throws. And so it was just a, the, the, it was just a, a perfect, perfect set of events for Oklahoma State. Like they needed anything else to go their way. But Barron getting hurt, they figured out they should stop blitzing. And then, boom, offense dead. Yeah. Um, yeah, we started to struggle. And I don't know, um, I don't know how much the injury Barron, banging his ankle up hurt us. I think it did on like a couple plays, like right after it happened, there was a, a zone read that he handed it off. And like, if he had pulled it, he probably would have scored. Um, but I mean, he, one thing about him though, that I don't, I don't understand. I'd like for somebody to explain it to me in a way that makes sense is what, like why we are so much faster with, with Baron, our tempo. And the, the only thing that I feel comfortable about uh, is how it, it makes me feel bad about Donovan. Like, what is it about him that prevents us from playing fast that that, that is there if we play Baron or I bet if we played Chuck? It, don't you, you, know, you know what I mean? I, like, I don't think it's complicated. I, like we the offense is more successful with like how often in that first half was tech really behind the chains? Like they were on that first drive and they kind of got out of it, but it seemed like the play sequencing was easier because the plays were successful. So it's easy. It's easier to go fast because you don't have to second guess your sequencing when the play went about what you, how you expected it to go. And maybe yeah, that's, that's too point. simplistic, but that's what it seems like to me. And we'll say, I, I do think some of that though, I'm going to contradict myself. I think some of it is an adjustment that we made that will be permanent going forward to um, counteract the slow substitutions. Um, yeah. you know, like McGuire's been talking about it and now we are doing it big time. And in his press conference going into the Oklahoma state game, he talked about, he met with his analytics guy, uh, you know, the champions analytics team. And they, they looked at a specific play and the OU game where they got a delay of game because somebody slow subbed. And now we are doing it big time. Like, oh, yeah. yeah. First, Jalen Hutchings. I saw it. I mean, yes. he's literally walking. I saw. Oh. I know exactly what you're talking about. It, yes. It's almost ridiculous. We we, yeah. have, we did it. We are doing it now, like more flagrantly than I than I've seen in college football <laughs> this year, which is great. I mean, yeah, it's, yeah, it's part of the rules. But I think as a reaction to teams doing that to us, which we have started to see, uh, especially in the Kansas State game, is now we're just going to not sub as much and just play fast. Yeah. play faster. So I think that's part of it too. Um, but, at, but our coaches are saying, and he, and he said today, uh, McGuire did, we're going to be the tempo that we had against Oklahoma state. You're going to see that going forward. That's what we do with Baron. It, it, may, it helps our offensive line. And he, he listed some other reasons. Um, but like, that was my takeaway from that game is how fast we were playing. Um, but I want to take a step back. The, the quarterback Jedi mind tricks <laughs> that was going on, like, I don't think Donovan was hurt. Okay, played a snap at receiver in the game. Okay, right. if, you have a, if you're hurt and it's your your non throwing shoulder or whatever shoulder, I mean, I think you can get away with playing quarterback if your non throwing shoulder is hurt. But like, you're not going to play receiver and be used as a blocker, or we're not going to have packages in the goal line red zone where Donovan is primarily going to be <sighs> running through people. If that play was mad compromised. So we we put out some fake info. We sneaky started uh, Baron. It was just a, 
I don't know. Like that's the kind of stuff I, I just like that about McGuire. I mean, I remember it wasn't that long ago and I, I can't remember the exact specifics. It was, it was one of the um, Bowman injuries and we had a bye week coming up. Yeah. So he gets hurt. We have a bye week. And then I think we play West Virginia the in two weeks mm-hmm. and we beat him at home. Columbia started. Well, on, on Monday, the two weeks out from the game, Wells announces that, yeah, Bowen's out. We're going to be starting Columbia. And there were some, like, questions about it. I remember like, that. What yeah. the heck? Yeah, why? <laughs> so I remember thinking, from, yes, why? So we've, we've gone from that to now we've got our coach putting out false rumors <laughs> and, like, pulling a game day, you know, switch where it was so hush-hush, like, somebody makes the sends a text. Obviously, people knew. Some people knew. And I, yeah. I'm pointing the finger at Aaron Dickens. Because somebody point, somebody does a text that, that he actually not accidentally but he reads it on the chat line. Someone doesn't get the context. Show. Yeah, yeah, and where he, you know he's got a radio show. They submitted a text and rooms and he just read it like so and so saying there's a rumor that Morton's going to start. Well, someone posts on Rivals. Dickens just said Morton's going to start. Within <laughs> half a second, he, Dickens is in the thread. No, I didn't say that. I was reading changing the thread <laughs> title. And it was like a long paragraph from him while he's on air. So as soon as that happened, like my spidey sense oh, was, yeah. was at peak right yeah. now. Yeah. And so then I started looking to see what the props were for, for Donovan <laughs> and may or may not have got my, got down quite a bit on him throwing under certain yards and under touchdown passes. Um, and so, But that, like that part is just more evidence that McGuire, he does these like little things, like it's the fourth down stuff where, you know, like those decisions, People make a big deal about out of them. They're really not that big a deal. Like, you know, one decision might give you X amount of chance to win. And the other one might give you X plus one and a half percent. It's like, right. there's not a big difference there. But when you do like 20 of them, 30 of them over the course of a season, like it adds up. He does all these little things that you that you just kind of like that you, we haven't maybe seen around here. From yeah. And Will, Will has joined us. Sorry, Will. I didn't know how long you were going to be, so we started. So you're alive, so don't start oh, cussing like oh, you live. normally do. Of course. Live, shouting live, F-bombs on the podcast. Live on the air. Yes, but uh, yeah, and, I, and I, I think Will and I have even talked about this, which it's – McGuire seems to – and you see it in recruiting, and this I think this is when we, like, kind of what we had talked about. You see it with the fourth down stuff. You see it with the mind games. Like, Hunter, you was just talking about – if there is a if there is an inch to be gained, we're going we're trying to find it, and like we're yeah. going to try to get that. And even if we look like fools, like to me, I think the returning kicks is a foolish inch to go after, but we're doing it, you know. And yeah. and, and like that, so it, I can't be mad about all the other inches we're finding, you know, and then being like, why are we returning kicks? Because that goes into the same thinking, I think. Yeah, and I'm, I may have missed already what you guys talked about, but I mean, to me, that's it's just kind of this gambler's mentality of if we're just all being honest with each other, you there is this really definitive talent gap between you and probably I would say the top what six teams in the league probably this year. Um, you know, I, I'm not saying you don't have some top end talent guys, you do, you know, especially on the defensive side of the ball, but you know, never would have thought I would have said this in you know, 20 years, but on the offensive side of the ball, you, you know, you, you are kind of lacking in a lot of areas for the first time in a while. So I think that aggressive mentality, you know, sometimes it is going to bite you as we've already seen that it has. And like I said, you know, just trying to find yards and places is, uh, you know, it's not always going to like 
work out. But I think right now it's the best move for your team to try to gamble to get you ahead of this talent curve is really what it comes down to for me. Yeah, and I and I am all for it. And I think you saw it. You saw them, this group at Baylor, do the same stuff, and it was successful. And you, and like I said earlier, I think you see it with recruiting. It's like we don't really care. And honestly, it's at points it does. It doesn't even seem like they care about the film. It's just like we have this measurable, this requ- this you know athleticism requirement. And if you hit these check marks. I don't care if you're a basketball player, like we want you on the, on the team. And it, and like, it kind of seems like they're, they're doing that in, in every aspect of the game, but we were just talking about uh, just kind of quick, quick hitting the uh, Oklahoma state game. Um, and just, Oh, okay. Gotcha. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> but it's been a while. And like we said, everything's kind of already been hashed out about that. Um, but I was saying that I think that's, that might've been the best that they, that we've played considering the competition and environment. Um and so, like, I – and Hunter's gotten mad at me, and we can just kind of shift into West Virginia. But I'm pretty confident about West Virginia, even though West Virginia has looked better. Uh, I'm terrified. Yeah. Well, <laughs> I mean, what's uh, – you know, it's funny as is, you know, all three of us were texting. We watched pretty heavily that uh, West Virginia-Baylor game. And to me, you know, it, it's a great game to watch because that's who your next two opponents are. So, um, I guess for me, before even getting to West Virginia, you know, what are y'all's thoughts on that game and how it makes you feel going into this weekend and really the next two weeks? I, I think both defenses are not very good because I, the, the, I think Baylor's run defense is good, but we can't run the ball anyway. And so I'm hoping we're not foolish enough to try to do something that we can't against the defense that can stop it, you know? And so I like – our chances, especially if we have a healthy quarterback, to be able to throw the ball on both of those teams. Um, yeah, their, de- their defense is bad. I-, I would trade. There are three teams that I would not trade defenses with in the conference, and Oklahoma, Kansas, West Virginia. Okay. And I so mean, you would they- trade with Baylor? Yes. Okay. Is it because of their yes. front? Yeah. They yeah. mainly just that big nose guy. But they, yeah. they – yeah, Baylor's. I would ease. I would trade with Baylor in a heartbeat. But okay. I, I would have pause about TCU. But the the other three aren't definite no's. West Virginia, it's really like big plays. They've given up all, over a quarter of their plays are ten yard, ten or more gains. Twenty eight percent. It's worse in the conference. Like just as a for reference, we are nineteen percent. We're top three actually. We're that, kind of beat. Oh wow. Yeah. In, in, you know, small chunks, but. It, their yeah. defense is not very good. Uh, however, they, they do have a, a, a cornerback, Charles Woods, who's like preseason all-conference. He's most starts on their defense um, and who's been hurt since week one, who they might be getting back. I don't know how much of a difference. Uh, he would make a difference, obviously. Um, but this is like the best matchup for our offense that we've faced in, it seems like, since Murray State. It's not, it's not even close. This, maybe, that's why I'm confident because – I and I know you disagree with this. I do not think they can score with us, and yeah, so that that is why strongly disagree there. Yeah, that is why I'm pretty confident. Unless, and we and this happened with Houston too. Unless we give them points offensively, our offense gives them points. I do. I do yeah. not think they can score w- the way we can score on their defense. Yeah, the thing the thing for me that I think is really different this week compared to really what you've seen 
every other quarterback so far this year is that JT Daniels is not a mobile guy like no. at all compar- comparatively to the other six guys you played so far this year. Um, the other no, six guys you played so far this year are all not even just kind of mobile are all like super mobile and like fast quarterbacks. How, is one of how many played. How many times do you think he scrambled this year? Is there an actual stat? Yeah. Scrambled on a pass play. Before you say that, I'll, I'll tell you that Morton has scrambled 11 times. Okay. He's played one game, a couple other drives. Morton I'll say six. Times. So I'll, let, say, I'll say nine. I'll say three. nine. He scrambled three times. <laughs> what? Yeah. That almost seems impossible, honestly. Three times. <laughs> I just, awesome. I just don't even know how mathematically how you just aren't dumb. You don't dumb luck into another one. Yeah, you know what I mean. Yeah, that is that. Well, and I because, do know. I think it's not all of it, but we've all watched Graham Harrell's offenses and his various stops, and it is very quick. And so there's not a lot, like there's a lot of screen. I mean, we're familiar with it. There's a lot of, so there's not a lot, of, a ton of opportunity to scramble, but then especially when you're JT Daniels and you can't move. <laughs> yeah. They, yeah. They, they, they're dink and dunk. They've, um, Daniels has the second lowest yards per attempt in the conference behind Martinez, who's like, you know, that he almost doesn't count. Um, yeah. Yeah. And I mean, it's lower than it's lower than Donovan, and Donovan still hadn't completed a pass more than twenty yards downfield. Wow! And that's especially crazy because of how good I think we all agree that Ford Wheaton is. Like, he would be our best receiver, far and away. I think their second guy would be our best receiver. (laughs) And and yet they can't. He can't get the ball to them. It's kind of weird. No, he can. I mean, they're effective. They're third. they're third in points per drive. They can, they, but I would expect them to be able to produce some big plays, I guess. Based they, gain, off. they gain the most yards per drive in the conference right now. The most, the highest percentage of available yards. Um, that, I mean, on paper, they, it'll be the best offense we've played. I don't think it's better than Texas. No. But, yeah. I, Texas. but on paper, it looks really, really good. I don't know what about it is that effective. They because don't. Everybody hates Daniels. Daniels. Daniels is apparently terrible. If you ask Taylor or Golan or anyone on Red Raider Sports, Daniels is awful. They don't. Uh, they don't. It, every time I've watched them, it doesn't. Well, I say that, and they nearly gave the game up to Baylor with a stupid interception. But it doesn't seem like they have negative plays. It's kind of like when when Donovan is good, that recipe they use that with a guy who can pick apart a defense with his arm, and so. They're not going to like Daniels isn't going to take a six yard loss on first down, which puts them behind. It just seems like they are, like you said, dinky and dunky and staying in front of the chains, not doing anything stupid. Yeah, for sure. And the thing, the thing too is, is like I'm just kind of looking up some stats. So they are dead middle of the conference in pass offense and rush offense. They are fifth place in both. So it's one of those things too. And I think, you know, uh, I've watched them play. You know, a couple times, funny is they've had like more like primetime games than yeah, like everybody else, for such, which is so weird. Um, they just nothing they really do on offense like ever impresses me. Like I'm never, they never like make these big flashy plays. But Ford to Wheaton y'all's point, impresses me. Ford Wheaton will make a he'll make yeah. a big play. But and but the thing I think it is is uh, they just don't like so they don't have a negative place, and then they have two pretty good tailbacks. I would say their tailbacks would. As, as much as I hate to say it, 
I think if if you gave Tech West Virginia's offensive line, everyone would think your running backs are as good as West Virginia's are this year, if that makes sense. Definitely. Yes. So, Taylor, you just said something. So they don't have negative plays. Okay. Um, oh, was that a falsity? No, 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 no. Oh, zero, okay. They have had zero percent of their drives have gone backwards this year, which is number Whoa. one. Whoa. That, that's crazy. That, that is crazy. Tech is at 11 percent which is 68th in the country. But then they also, they gain a first down, at least one first down on 82% of their drives, which is top 20. Hmm. That's what it feels like when you watch yeah. them. That's what it feels like even when they're losing. And it's, it's not, it's not, it's all, honestly, it's kind of like it's been watching the Cooper Rush Cowboys up until last night where it's, I don't know how this is working, <laughs> but they just keep moving the ball forward. And eventually, it's not you flashy. Of, you know, it, it runs out. But, yeah, I just – I don't know. And, and maybe I'm a, I'm a fool for trusting the defense because I the one thing that makes my confidence waver is part of the reason they are so effective is because their screen game is excellent. And Tech's defense cannot – cover a screen and so that i mean that's the one thing that would that makes me a little less confident than i typically am when i think about this matchup yeah you know i yeah you know i mean with them like i said i just i know it's it's repeating the same thing that they just don't do anything flashy it, it just doesn't jump out out like jump out at me jc daniels isn't ever going to be a guy and he never has been, you know, whether he's terrible or USC. <laughs> I don't think he's terrible, but I would tell you his hair is terrible. Of, his haircut is awful. The the hair stash. <laughs> did he finally shave his little like dirty like the Sanchez stash? I don't think so. <laughs> mm, it was bad. It's, that's it's the one. That's the one respectable part of his look is the mustache. The hair <laughs> is my is my. That's what I have a problem with. Um. He's just, um, you know, I, I've never watched him play and ever seen him, like, flash and make a play. Now, he may not do anything super poor, but I just, of all the quarterbacks you've played this year, again, he is the least dynamic guy you've played, and I will just be curious to see what does, you know, what does Tyree Wilson and the rest of your guys do when they don't have to worry about a guy? You, you just don't, like, have to worry about spying a guy. Like, what does no. that look like? Yeah, no, that, that part is interesting. They're they're unique compared to what we've been facing in that in that regard. From not having the mobile guy, they don't use a tight end. They don't throw to a tight end. Though they will have a tight end that they may be handing the ball to. Somehow, uh, Neil found this unrecruited tight end from Miami, Florida, who's a freshman, averaging seven yards per carry. Maybe her, but um, we'll see. But they, the the two outside guys that we talked about, Bryce Ford Wheaton, two hundred thirty pound junior college transfer he's really good then they have a a second year guy also out of florida i believe caden prather who's had every sec offer he's 6'4 215 and he's really good and but they don't throw a ton all of their throws to their slot guys are almost like at the line of scrimmage and then the outside guys are the ones that they're um, throwing down the field to so that that they're balanced too like you know they're they they run it and throw it and so I, I don't know I, there's something about them in combination with what I've seen from our defense the last couple of weeks just kind of the way our defense has been trending um, that 
scares me about their offense. And I guess the, the, the one thing that, and I, I agree with you, the defense has been not been trending in a positive direction, but I do think that our defense is good at creating negative plays and they don't take, they don't turn the ball over, but they're good at having like, they're good at having like having a, somehow a negative three yard run like you know some because of how aggressive they are why we're susceptible to screens you know we'll do a stunt and we've seen it Jalen Hutchings will hit somebody right as they get the handoff and if you can do that get them out of their comfort zone like like they haven't really gone backwards if you can Mm -hmm. get them going backwards get them doing things they don't want to do then have JT Daniels doing things he's not used to doing maybe you finally start creating some turnovers that's 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 why I'm not I do have hope, even though the defense has been worse. I think they, they still have that ability to create negative plays. Because, I mean, the thing, the thing that I, I'm thinking about here is like Baylor, that Baylor game last, last week. Um, I, I'm trying to remember. I can't exactly – you guys tell me if you remember how much pressure they got on him, Baylor did, on JT Daniels. It didn't it, seem like it was much. If I, I don't remember it, so it, that's my only – I guess benchmark is I don't remember it, so it couldn't have been bad. But, but they, but they also they also ran the ball well enough that they didn't have to just 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 rely on throwing it seventy times either or sixty times in that yeah. game either, which yeah. is going to be their the run game. Throw, so. Their run game is good, and not only yes. like it's not because of the backs that they have; it's like well schemed. Like they hit that same side counter, which is it's difficult because of the timing and they ran it for a touchdown against that Baylor front. But the reason that worked is because they ran away from that, from that Baylor front and they did that with the yep. same side counter. Um, the, and they made Baylor look like they had one of the best offenses in the country. And I don't think they do. No, they I mean, had they, nothing until that point. This is some of the, the stuff on their defense is just like terrible. I mean, points per drive is 118th in the country. So that's bad yards per play 117th percentage of touchdowns allowed per drive 120th. I mean, it's just terrible. And then I know that stills guy is really good. And we've, you know, people have been talking about him this week, but he has, they don't have any productive pass rushers. No, like compared to what we've been playing. I mean, it from what we've been playing versus West Virginia, this will be the easiest task for our offensive line to date. Um, he's, he's also living off his brother a little bit, in my opinion. His brother was. I think really people good. forget it. People forget <laughs> that he's not his brother. Yeah, his you brother know? was really good, and I think I mean, he's good. He he is good. I mean, he's he's clearly one of the best ones in the conference. But they don't they yeah. don't have like maybe that other one to go with him. Mm-hmm. And they don't. Also, yeah. And he, he's also not like the speed rusher type that we've that we have seen in the last couple of weeks. Right. I don't know if that's good or bad for our offensive line, but. He's more of like a, you know, kind of a power rusher. I would, I would say he's he's bigger, um, but they're. Deep. I mean, we should be able to. I don't. I'm looking at the total. I bet the over sixty eight and a half. When I bet it, there was a seventy that was at a sports book. That's like pretty. That takes big bets, and it got bought down like instantly. And so, like combine all these factors, we got. I'm worried about our defense. Our offense, I think, will should be able to move the ball against them. We're going to be playing with this crazy tempo that's just like unbelievable. That, yeah, and at home, and at home, and then so like the only I, I, Ben Golan sent a screenshot of some weather showing that there's 40 miles an hour gusts and 20 mile an hour sustained winds predicted. It's like that's the only mm-hmm. thing that 
um, makes sense on why the total opens at 75, drops to 68, and then it and hasn't gone up since. I don't. Yeah. Well, we're we're playing at two thirty, correct? Yeah. I was looking. Yeah, I was yeah, looking yeah. At, I was looking at the two weather. o'clock. Yeah. Two o'clock. Yeah. I was looking at the weather now. It's yeah. It is going to be windy. Um, but you just never know. It's never as is it that bad on the field? No, it's never as bad on. It's the field. never. It's the only reason people think it's bad is because of freaking speaking of West Virginia Dana Holgerson in twenty twelve <laughs> threw this well, fit after that game where he was yeah, like, Neil's we couldn't throw the ball. Neil will know, you know. Yeah. No, Neil yeah. knows. Yeah. About it. But I mean, a forty mile really, hour it's gust. Kicks. Yeah, it's kicks, kicks me. Kicks will be an issue. Punts will be an issue, and like the the a forty mile an hour gust will make. Well, like that, it, that's it, a factor. If that's that happens, factor. you know, when you drop that back to pass, that's gonna. But a gust isn't constant, and so I don't know. I, I think the over is a is a safe bet. Um, there was, I do wonder, and I, I people asked us about this on the site. I I wanted to talk about the tight end group because I, mm. I I'm frustrated with it because I think we are playing. At the moment, I think we were playing the least productive tight end the most and the most productive tight end the least. I mean, this is just a – it's rude. It's probably not fair to pick on him like this, but what uh, Tharp had a drop and then a missed block that killed a drive. And yet, we, you know, then we went to Teeter on a huge fourth down, and we've seen what Cup can do, and we've seen what Teeter can do blocking. And so I and – it, and it also feels like, again, probably not fair – it feels like every interception has been a forced ball to Tharp. And so I, I am curious as to like the, the, the issue with the rotation there. And I don't know if y'all have any thoughts on that, but it's one of those things that, especially with the offense's lack of explosiveness, I'm kind of annoyed that one of the guys who might be one of the most explosive is cup from the tight end position. And I'm annoyed that he's not getting all the snaps basically. My my assumption would be there. Um, when did he join the team? In the I spring think it was or in the summer? Somewhat late. Yeah, I don't think it was okay. spring. So 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 if it's, it? if it's late, if it's late, then my assumption is is maybe he still is pretty up and down as far as having like just a really good grasp on the scheme of, of like his role on a play to play basis when the, something is not specifically schemed for him. Yeah, maybe that's what it is, and you know that's what you know to me that's what a good thing of a bye week in week seven is actually good for is it kind of gives a bunch of guys a chance to reset. Um, you know, maybe that's something that helps him out, but um, I, I really think the biggest thing that I think is, is with Tharp is it feels like we're trying to force the ball to him in a lot of situations where the other team knows you're going to try to throw him the ball. You can't hide the it. Biggest, is the biggest thing. You <laughs> cannot hide it. Yeah. Yeah. And he's we've not, even tried, like yeah. we've tried to hide him on trick plays, and he ends up double covered. Like you're not going to hide the six nine guy. Like it's just not going to happen. You just, you just can't run a seam or a post or something like that with him. You just yeah. can't do it on a regular basis, unless and and I think last year a big part of what his success was is you had easy on the outside and, and, and you had Geiger. Geiger on the outside, yeah. so you could split those safeties because the, yeah. those guys are threats, and then it's much easier to get a mismatch with him down the middle of the field. Yeah. Whereas right now, if he's running down the middle of the field, they're just not going to be scared of this of any speed you have on the outside. 
And the only way that you're, I think the only way you're really going to get Tharp more open is by, you're going to start forcing balls to Cleveland and the other guys on the outside more to make them respect where your safeties are going to then split more than they are right now. And price coming back will help. He'll, he has to occupy a safety. I, and I guess it's not, it's not even like my biggest, I just wish I want to see cut more. Like you see that I do too. you see what he did against Texas. Like every time he touched the ball, it was, it was obvious. Like this dude has juice. There's, there's a juice, there's a juice reference. Um, And so that, that's just, I, I guess I, I want to see that some more. Like, I don't know what, it, I mean, he, he I mean, ran, we ran an RPO where he just ran an out, you know, it was a tight end choice, but the out was open mm-hmm. and he, he took a six yard route for like 18 yards because he is a freak athletically. Like that's, that's what I want to see. And then, and then on that, that touchdown he caught, that was a play action they'd been building off of, right. With a yeah. couple of runs in a row on yeah, that drive. It was like a double wheel. It was a really cool route concept, but yeah. But so there, so to that whole point though, there's ways to try to get him open, even if other teams know when he comes in, he's only really coming in as a receiver. Yeah. I mean, think think about with Jason Morrow. You didn't care that everybody knew he was going to be a receiver. Yeah. In, in 2013, you just line him up in the slot straight up. And you had outside guys that had to be respected. Yeah, that's, that's also probably, true. Also true. Yeah. Yeah. I agree with what y'all said. It doesn't doesn't make a ton of sense. But my only thoughts on tied to that position and really all our skill guys in general and running back is um, with our tempo that's increasing and with other teams slow subbing us, I think you're going to see things tighten up a ton with mm-hmm. the rotations. And yeah. I, I think it'll affect tight end position the most because then we just may not even use one. Right. Um, or if one, like it, we had all these kind of thoughts about playing all three of them and rotating them yeah, using multiple tight end sets and without sub, I mean, you can't if you're going to use multiple tight ends and rotate them and put one out there and then two the next play the other team's going to lights up and you're not going to be yeah. able to play with tempo. So I think between the twenties, um, I don't know how much substituting we're we doing. And so if we get a first down with, uh, you know, four receivers on the field and one running back, then that could be the personnel until uh, maybe we get inside inside the red zone. And here's the thing too, and just us talking before we hit record on the second Zoom session made me think of it. Xavier White has been balling. And so I want him out there when Price comes back. Like, so I'm okay with a four wide receiver set because he was so good against Oklahoma State. And I wouldn't mind, like, maybe, you know, as bad as the Price injury was, if we end up kind of developing a new, you know, good slot receiver out of it, I'm okay. Like, it might be worth it in the long run. And, you, and you know, you know, I was just sitting here thinking about it. You know, we talked about, you know, like the 2013 offense. Really, to me, as funny as it is, you know, your, your outside receivers were better on that team. I'm not going to argue that they weren't. But really, your offensive personnel is very similar in its current state to what it was that year. And what I mean by that is 2013, you had a really young, uh, an offensive line that was pretty bad all for yeah. a lot of the year, just being honest. You had um, a really young quarterback, which right now, that's what you got, yeah. you know, Baron Morton, who I think we all, I don't know if you guys talked about it before I jumped on, no, this we, we have, with, but we have not touched uh, we, the so, sensitive so we, topic of quarterback. We, then we can touch that, touch that a bit, but yeah. I mean, um, but that's what you got right now. Either one of the two guys you're going to try out there. You got a young guy out there similar to 2013. Um, yeah. You have a couple, you have a, a couple of really good, I think potential tight end pieces who can be mismatches for you. And you have a really good slot receiver and you, you do have physical guys on the outside. So to me, 
the most effective version of this offense is just that 2013 offense where you ran a lot of tempo, you ran a ton of screens, and then you were going to just basically create mismatches and create plays to get certain guys the ball at times. And that's, yeah. that's just the way you're going to have to play it. And I do wonder too, and I, I'm I'm genuine, like I, I want you, y'all's opinion because I'm, I don't know, I can't decide where I land. Was the Bradley and Cleveland emergence in the last game and Cleveland may be unfair because he played well against Kansas State too. Mm-hmm. Was that a product of Morton or the tempo or they are just young guys? And I don't even know if Cleveland counts as a young guy, but they are just guys who haven't played a ton who are developing. Like, it, can you attribute it to any of those three, a mixture of those three? Because I, I would – it, I don't. I really I genuinely don't know, I, but it's all. It was awesome to see, and I want to see more of it. I just don't know where it came from. To to me, I think about that K State game, and I think about just being honest. The issues that I've seen with Donovan Smith, the biggest issues were is that anytime that all of us are watching a game or on a rewatch, there are guys who were open who he could not figure out. He couldn't get the ball because he couldn't. He did not see them open. Yeah. Um, and I think just being honest, I think that is some of those outside receivers. Um, yeah. So I, I think that with the way that Morton played in the first half against Oklahoma State, he was just he was just hitting open receivers most of the time. Now, there were a couple of stellar throws he made where he threw guys open and he saw yeah. the routes opening up. But still, you have to find the guys who are open. He was doing that. Yeah. And, and to me, that's what. Uh, you know, Jaron Bradley in that game looked much more like the Jaron Bradley we saw in the tail end last year. Yeah, in that game, sure. and then uh, you know, you know, I think Cleveland just keeping on getting better and doing his thing and getting more confidence every week. Where he's a legitimate like one on one downfield. Like I don't care if he has any separation, just throw him the ball and he'll figure it out. <laughs> Especially if there's an offsides flag, he will make a play. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Zero so, fear. Yes, Hunter. Would you? Are you more encouraged with our outside guys? Yeah, definitely. Last week. Yeah, I think it's all the, the reasons you listed as far as – well, that's for Bradley because, because like you said, Cleveland's just been playing well the yeah. last couple of weeks. But I think – I mean, they've been challenged. They should have been maybe. I, everybody was kind of talking about them being a weakness on the team yeah. going into the Oklahoma State game, and they definitely showed up. I think the tempo, they're going to be on the field more plays. And then I think Morton – I mean, we, we were throwing the ball – I don't know what you attribute this to, but we were throwing the ball over the middle – more in that game and guys were just like wide open i mean it wasn't like tested like morton was like fitting it into windows or anything i mean guys were just like running completely wide open over the middle of the field and it was our outside guys that were those were the it makes you on those plays it makes you wonder has that been open yeah because that's the the like none of us have access to all 22 and you can't really see that once the ball snapped i don't know like I don't know if the offense was different, and I think it's possible because we've seen it. The offense is different when uh, – not Shuck. Uh, Donovan is in there. Um, like, they just don't trust him to throw over the middle, so they're not running to the middle. But Barron, they trust – like, I really, I'd be interested to know. I wish, I wish I knew which it was, if it was an offense, you know, calling different plays or if they've been there and we just haven't hit them. But I don't know. Yeah, I mean, I think – I think it's probably the quarterback. Yeah, yeah I, and and it's you know Donovan lost his job. I know there was the the injury stuff, but when if Morton plays Saturday, 
Um, it's just there's no question about it that he lost his job and then Morton plays and plays well and then through a bye week. And and the reason the reason why you make a quarterback change is the plays that we saw Oklahoma in that game that we didn't see all year, you know? Yeah. And and the stuff you miss, you, you, the things you miss, I, I do think that the biggest part about Donovan is short yardage runs. Yeah. Uh, I think that's the most or like the threat of short yardage runs. Yeah. 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 Good point. And I, I think you can still have some of that with him not being the quarterback. I mean, I think if you, when you get inside the five, if it's first and goal at the five, like a, a good first down play is Donovan falling for two and a half yards like <laughs> or a zone read at the very, yeah, like that, exactly. that zone read well, they, I mean, they were running. The zone follow is what I'm thinking of where yeah, he fakes exactly. Taj and Taj lead blocks. Like that's not getting stopped for negative yards. It's, it's what we talked about, like going into the season on our, like in a preseason where he, in a perfect world, well, in a perfect world, Donovan, I think, you know, he's, you know, he kind of figures it out and keeps evolving. But in this version of the world, like we talked in the preseason, if he's not your starting quarterback, there's a package you create for him that is, it's the Beldo, it's Beldozer 2.0 or Tim yeah. Tebow 20, 2006. Like it's one of those, those two packages where for all intents and purposes, they're a wildcat quarterback, but a much more capable wildcat quarterback than anybody else is going to be. Yeah. Yeah. Like it's not a running back. No, <laughs> basically. Yeah. Exactly. Uh, um, but I mean, I mean, I don't know. I mean, I, so, I mean, let's just kind of get into it. I mean, you already brought it up Hunter. So, I mean, everyone, I mean, I mean, where is everyone sitting going into this game as far as their opinion on where things sit at the position quarterback position, um, you know, and how does Tyler Shuck fit into that? You know, What's everybody's thoughts right now? I think it's Morton's to lose. I think it has to be that. Be and I know, like I, I know we have high thoughts of Morton as like he's a West Texas kid. You know, he wouldn't be as tempted to transfer, all that stuff. But I also know the way college football is today. And I think he showed enough that I want I, I need to see more. And maybe it was a fluke. Maybe Gundy wasn't prepared. I also think, I mean, it speaks highly. Gundy's reaction to finding out he was a redshirt freshman means something to me. And maybe it shouldn't, but it does. Um, and so if I were in charge, this is not what I think will happen. If it was me, it is now Morton's to lose, kind of how it was Smith's to lose, and he lost it. That's That would be my process. It's, it's the ride in the hot hand thing, right? And yeah. for and for people for people that don't know what Mike Gundy said, so in the immediate post game press conference, Mike Gundy was asked specifically a question about about Barron, and then it, I don't know if he just didn't know much about him or they didn't recruit him or what the deal was, but he was like, "Hey, how how old is that kid?" And somebody said he's retro freshman, and Gundy looked down at his his, his stat sheet and he said, "That's not good," and then he just <laughs> kind of kept going. But yeah. Mike Gundy is not one that just says those kind of things if he doesn't mean them. No, I wouldn't you know? think so. What's your Hunter, what are you, what are you doing? Yeah, what are you doing if you're head coach Hunter Davidson? I don't know. I, I mean, I would go. I would go Morton, but I, I I think if all things were equal, if everybody was healthy and nobody had been hurt in the last month, I think Chuck would start Saturday. So so and so to clarify that, I think even if Chuck was 100 healthy right now, I don't think he would start because of right. him missing the last six weeks. But it, so does that make sense? Like if, if, if Saturday was the first yeah. game of the season and they'd all been healthy and going through a fall camp, I would bet money that Chuck would start. Right. Um, 
I don't think he would start. He, he's going to start. I mean, if you if you had some kind of like a sliding scale of like um, tech quarterbacks making their first start, and you had on one side was like the competition and like the environment and the moment and like how good their offensive line is, and, and that was like one category. And so then you think about we're playing on the road against Oklahoma State. Their pass rush is insane. Our offensive line isn't that good. Um, it's and then you and then the other one is like first start. You know, got in their performance in that start. So. Morton is going to be it's like one of the best in tech history it got to be right because yeah. a lot of people their first start is against some FCS team or you're looking at um, Columbia making a midweek his time I mean the, or Duffy you know possibly would be in there uh, and then going back in time you know um, I can't remember them all off the top of my head but it's just like it was one of the most impressive first starts for a quarterback yeah. in tech history yeah I mean, and, yeah and so that part is just kind of like you, you can't ignore that. No. So, Espe- I mean, I, yeah, I, the context is the thing that I can't get over because I still, even with what TC, like, because I think TCU's, TCU's offense is really good. And so what they did to Oklahoma State's defense doesn't deter what I think of what Morton did last week at their place, sold out crowd. Like, that was big time. I, I also think – and I know you y'all y'all probably are the same way, but I am firmly of the opinion that if he does not get hurt going into halftime, you win that football game. And I, I think now they did screw down on you pretty hard as far as you, what you were doing, and they yeah. weren't going to let you get anything short. But at the same time, I feel like if Morton's healthy, then they one they still have to respect him getting loose and running the ball, get, which he did a good, real a great job of in the first half. And then two. I mean, I think if he's fully healthy, I also think he's going to start taking shots to Cleveland and Bradley downfield, like he did at, at times in the first half. Yeah, I think his ankle definitely hurt more than just his scrambling ability. I would love to see because that that was, I I mean, it's so easy to get mad at the offensive coordinator, and I get it. But really, the only two plays that I did not like from Kitley were the running play on fourth and three, where you brought in every single tight end. And to me, I was thinking, and I wrote this on the side, I was thinking, oh, I love this. You're bringing in every big body you have to, like, play action, get something easy, a boot, and then you just ran it at all the big guys you can't block. (laughs) I hated that play call, and I do wonder if that was because of Morton. And then, like, I think Jordan Brown has something, the, 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 the transfer, but I'm not throwing to him on a huge down, uh, you know, in the fourth quarter and he turns the wrong way. And part of yeah. being a play caller is, you know, <laughs> who do use, I have in? Yeah. Using your personnel. And I was not a fan of that. Um, but yeah, I think I, I do think maybe the play calls were a little, maybe Kitley kind of had an, something nagging in his mind. Like my quarterback can't move. <laughs> so I do wonder how much that went into it. Yeah, no, it's it's no, it's 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 curious, but either way, you know, and uh, you know, I'll pose a question on the podcast. I think I've already said it to you, but I'll pose it to you guys again. So here, here's your here's your two scenarios. If let's say Shuck's healthy, fully healthy, and he just lit it up this week, and you're like, okay, I'm going to start him. If you start Shuck, then you guarantee you're going to go seven and five this year. You're going seven and five. However. Let's say you, you ride Morton, you decide you're going to go that way, and you go six and six. Who do, who do you pick as your starting quarterback for the rest of the year? 
Well, is Morton coming back if we start Shuck? I mean, that's are that, we that's beating Baylor and TCU? Because <laughs> if, if if one of those has two and zero against them, I'm in. On the seven, you know, if if that's the difference between the seven and five and the six and six is not going two and zero against them, I would take the seven and five, and I'm probably taking the seven five, anyways. But I think, but I I am of the full opinion. And maybe I'm ultimately wrong. I think if you start Tyler Shuck as your quarterback the rest of the year, then you probably keep him and he comes back next year because I, I don't think in 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 six games time, if he is your starter for six games, that he's gonna put enough on film to justify going to the NFL draft. Now maybe I'm maybe he does just go off and everybody just is like, this is a guy that's gonna be like a top four or five right pick. Maybe that's what they do. I don't think that's enough film and based on his injury history. For that to happen, in my opinion, I think if he really is all about draft stock, he needs to come back for another year. So, yes. And um, I, I also but, but if he comes back, I don't think you have more next year. So that's that's the whole point I was trying to make. Then, yeah, I'm going more. Especially because the last two times Shuck has been tackled, he's broken his collarbone. Yeah. So I'm still I taking care. 75. I think first winning Big 12 season since 09. I think you could, crack, you could frame it in a way to say it's our best season since 09. And it would be McGuire's first year. Yeah. <laughs> I would take that. So, so you're, you would, you would... You're, yeah, you're okay losing. What? Well, he wasn't in. I think there's a chance he stays. Well, that that's what Will just said. If, no, I'm saying he leaves. Like, yeah. if that's the scenario, he that he if he leaves, do you still go with Shuck? If you know he is going to leave, but you get if go seven and five, yeah. you go five and four in Big 12 play. Seven and five. Yeah. Because I, I think. There's an argument too that if you go seven and five and Shuck comes back, Shuck played well, and so you would assume that would continue and you'd build off year. of that next year. I personally like, I just like the style of what I saw from Morton, and I'm willing to give up a game of that for the ceiling that I think might be there. Smart or not, um, that that's what I'm going. That's what I'm going because I'm. I, you know, I'm the same way where I sit here and I think I'm probably wrongly because you, you probably end up in the same scenario where, okay, let's say you start Baron this year and you go six and six, there's ups and downs, but you win a couple of really fun games and you see his promise and upside. And then going into next year, you're like a top four Big 12 preseason kind of team. He's like second or third string, like all, all conference or something like that go, going into going into next year. And then you make the assumption that he's probably your starter for the next two years. So to me, I make that assumption and, you know, I, I'm, I'm thinking about establishing your future and really your foothold as a program instead of just the one year. And finally having some stability at the quarterback position and having, and having a true veteran red shirt junior in, in 2024 at quarterback, yeah. which you have not had in forever. <laughs> That's wild, but yes, <laughs> It's tough, and and we we've texted about it. I do not envy the situation that McGuire is in, at all. Because, and I think I, he'll defer to Killy. Yeah. I think I think if Killy says he wants a guy, then McGuire say okay. Yeah, you're probably right. Because I think we've talked about. It. I thought just getting the three quarterbacks through the spring and the summer and the fall without any of them transferring was like magic. And so I think he's got a good track record. 
but this is just another kind of hairy situation. He's got to figure out him and the offensive staff, I guess, because it's, it could potentially have ramifications, I guess, is my yeah, long-term. Yeah. Yeah. Long-term ramifications. So I don't know. It's, you know, it, it's, it's whatever happens here in four years, we're going to look back on it, um, you know, and, and probably see all the different ways it could have gone. So I don't know. <laughs> yes. It's, 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 it's just a, it's an interesting way to look at it. Whenever. If it goes poorly, we will definitely sit back oh, and wonder well, yeah. <laughs> how it could have gone. That's for um, sure. But what's great, what, what is crazy. Um, and I think uh, Hunter, I think, I think Hunter brought up the stat, but OU with Dylan Gabriel out uh, two weeks ago, that was the first time they've had a quarterback injured in almost 10 years. I, yeah, I think it was 2013. Yeah. Yeah. And then it, what's crazy to think about is since 20, uh, since 27, 2018, we we've had a bunch of different guys just in and out of the lineup quarterback with injuries. It's been um, ridiculous. But, but, but the, the thing too to think about is we went from, I think 2000 until 2009 that this guy who started the season started every single game. <laughs> yeah. I guess I probably didn't realize how spoiled we were then. No, but that, which is just an, insane, an insane stat. Cause I think Taylor Potts getting hurt in that UT game Whenever oh, okay. Steve Sheffield then then started in the Nebraska started that Nebraska game, yeah, I think that's the first injury you had where you had a, like an injury breakup for your your starting quarterbacks in that whole like in the, basically the whole each era like that was the first time. Wild, and I guess I do wonder like the style of offenses like w- bad luck like it's uh, it's just wild that it's been that way and I, I want an answer for it other than bad luck but it's probably impossible um I was trying to think what else do we need to hit I know there's more stuff it's um I you know to me I'd, I'd kind of just like give everybody's opinion you know and halfway through the year just kind of where everybody thinks the Big 12 shaking out right now so far because I still think there's a lot of there's a lot up for debate still I think I actually think Hunter and I are aligned on this and I could be wrong but I think Texas is the best team in the like. I think I would. I think Texas is going to win the Big Twelve. I, I would concur. As crazy as that is to say, I agree with. I agree with both of you. I think they're the best team. I think the best team. I don't know if they'll win. I think. The, I think. I don't even think it's close. Yeah. And the fact that they're almost touchdown favorites at Oklahoma State is is evidence of that. I don't know what it is after that. I know I can tell you that the the betting market thinks Texas is number one. Big gap, then there's TCU, and then there's a bunched up of TCU, Kansas State, Oklahoma State, Baylor, in that order. Mm-hmm. And, then, and then it's just like everybody else. So their power rankings would be Texas, TCU, TCU Baylor, or no, no, Oklahoma Kansas, State. No, Kansas. Oh, that's right, Kansas yeah, State. Yeah, I don't really – I don't know if I agree with that, Kansas State. I don't. Flooded third. From a tech perspective, I do. Like – Kansas State, whooped, the thing they whooped us more than Oklahoma State did, in my opinion. The, like, the thing about Kansas more than anybody. Case, yeah, the thing about them though is that's not some crazy stat. Their offense solely lives or dies off the big plays. If they do not hit a big play, their offense doesn't move the ball. But yeah. if they're hitting these like 18, 22, 40 yard plays on drives, then they're. I mean, that's that's the only time they score. They they don't do sustained drives, and I don't know. One, it speaks to how, how electric they are at quarterback and running back, but I think it also speaks to they have no one else. 
like that offense has no one else. Yeah. And I wonder, and I guess Hunter, you may not know, but I do wonder how much, like, I think their defense is good. I, I think their defense is not only good. I think it is good at what it needs to be good at compared to what the big 12 is right now. Like they have good pass rushers. They have, um, linebackers that, that can do like they can they can stop the run they can also get out in space a lot it just seems like they have players in positions that you need to be able to stop what the big 12 is doing now and they're also elite on special teams and so you like you gain points there and so i do wonder if the betting market takes into account like the little margins that kansas state always has it seems like yeah it's probably making them the best defense in the conference it's number one points per drive number one touchdown rate um Number one turnover rate. I mean, that's, that's pretty good. That's pretty good. <laughs> yeah. They're allowing a touchdown on a th- like it's West Virginia is three times as more likely as Kansas State to allow a touchdown per drive. Wow. <laughs> that's Ooh. that's I do think those I think TCU, Oklahoma State, Kansas State are very close. I don't think Baylor is in that group. I think Baylor is with the rest of us. I'm gonna be honest though, after watching them a couple times. But, you know, I guess I've watched pretty much every game there this year. I think their defense is as crazy as it sounds. They give up just as many big plays, at least the eyeball test to me, as West Virginia does. They give up big plays left and right. They did it uh, BYU, Oklahoma State, and then they did it last week against West Virginia. So, I mean, I, I, they just give up a ton of big plays all the time. It does seem like if you're able to, like, block them once out of every four times, you're going to hit a big play, it seems like. <laughs> or, like, have a chance at one if you – if you do your job. And then I just – I think they've got a couple skill guys I really like, but I – whether – whoever's starting at quarterback for them, there's just nothing dynamic there for me this year, no matter how good their offensive line is, which their offensive line is great, but they just they just don't have a dynamic player at quarterback. I still can't believe they were okay with uh, Bohannon leaving. Like, I, like so I get – I mean, I yeah. get the what Shapin was supposed to be – I mean, but Bohannon was like – he's like what we wish Shuck was. <laughs> or not Shuck. I keep doing that. Donovan Smith. was. Like, yeah, he, to me, he's he is the, the best version of, of yeah, Smith. I agree. So, to, to have like their defense and their running game and then be like, let's try this kid is wild to me. He just – to me, he just looks like uh, – it's just kind of like Brewer 2.0 yeah. is really what it is. It's, it's very – it's very unusual. Um, but – that yeah, I mean, I th- I think I agree with the way Vegas had it, the or the betting market has it. Like I, but I'm all. I mean, like I said, that's like a tech perspective, and I'm probably more impressed with Kansas State than maybe the average person would be. And then my, I guess my kind of last takeaway about the league, and as much as I think that everyone in the national media hates to hear it, I think Kansas may go winless the rest of the year. <laughs> I think Kansas fans think that – I know two Kansas fans, which is too, too many, and I think they agree with what you just said. <laughs> they're going to go four – they're going to go five, go five and seven. <laughs> It'll be like Cliff's first year a little bit. <laughs> There's a little bit of fool's gold in that 5-0 and oh start. Yeah. And, Hunter, you, you might know, like, you may not know Kansas as well, but I would wonder, like, where would they be favored next? They won't be. Yeah, that's – I wouldn't think so. And with yeah. – Bean is just – Bean is nowhere near as good as Daniels either. No. And they're not even in the same same conversation. No. So, that, that's, that's a big deal for them. Um, 
But, I mean, that, that's really just kind of the big takeaways. I mean, OU, I think every game they play from now on, here on out, now that they got past UT, is going to be like like it was this last week. They're going to win or lose either like 42-31 or 48-40 every week. Yeah. Where if, if, as long as Dylan Gabriel's healthy, they'll score a bunch of points, but they're going to also give up a ton of points every week. Yeah. If Gabriel stays healthy, they'll be in every game, I think. Um, but I, yeah. I, I can't imagine them – their defense holding enough to blow somebody out. But if he gets hurt, whew, they may not win. I, I, like, they won't I, win. I don't, I don't know how Ted Roof has a job still. <laughs> he he of, of every defensive coordinator I have watched in college football this year, he has done the worst job of we anyone knew, I've we seen. We knew that when he hired when he got hired, it was yeah, I, I I literally was like, Ted Roof? I was like, that's your guy? That's Brent Venables' guy? It's really weird. And what's what's also weird is Clemson's defense has taken a step back without Venables. Yeah. <laughs> I didn't even so think about that. <laughs> so, you know, you'd almost think that if he was – he should just take over. <laughs> I mean, if, if they keep giving up 50 a game, he's going to have to. I mean, I mean, at some point. So um, – but, I mean, that's, that's my thing with the Big 12. And then I guess um, – you know, the, the other thing I'm curious about as far as, you know, kind of bringing it back around to tech is, like, what are the adjustments you make during this bye week? And, you know, are we're going to find out, too, for the first time, you know, how do you play out of bye week under Joey McGuire? Are yeah. you good? Are you really bad and flat? Because there are great coaches who do great out of the bye week. There are great coaches who do terrible out of bye weeks. Yeah. it's just It just depends on the coach. I would – I'd be interested to see – I don't expect an offensive line shuffle, even though that might be something we should talk about is how your left yeah. tackle is kind of killing your offense currently. Um, but I do I, – I, I don't expect to see an offensive line shuffle, but I do wonder if we see maybe not even improvement, but just tr- like can we try something, <laughs> you know, that, that scheme-wise – I don't even know. Like there's not, I'm of the opinion there's not a lot you can do, but that's what I'm looking at is did I, is there something they can do to just help that unit out? And like they figured it out over the bye week or something. It's it's like you said, is I, you know, I hate to, I hate to single out like a single player, but as much as I hate to say it, like Caleb Rogers is single-handedly like holding your offense back a lot more than any of the other offensive linemen are. And I, you know, I get that maybe you don't have another choice there, but to me, it's like you, you literally, I mean, you, you cannot be worse at that position. Like just try just trot somebody else out there in live action and just see what they do. Anybody try, try any of your other four starters, try, you know, Ty Buchanan, shoot, give Ethan Carter a whirl. Like I, and I yeah. never thought I would have said that in a million no. years. Like, <laughs> I, again, I hate to say it. And, you know, he probably gets a little bit more of a, uh, a leash being a captain than some other guys probably would. And I, I get that. I, just, I fully understand that. But, you know, to me, it's like, you know, you, you got to try something else out, the, something. The, the first play of the Oklahoma State game, we ran to his side. It was blocked up well. And that defensive end, like all he had to do was hold his ground. He didn't even need to win. And that defensive end, like, basically lifted him up and put him in the hole. And we were tackled for a loss. That's your let. That's your starting left tackle, first play of the game, like, and it just it wasn't any better from there. And and like I'm I tend to agree with you. Hunter tries to talk sense into me and saying like you either believe that Caleb Rogers needs to be replaced by anybody 
or that Joey McGuire, Wes Kelly, and, and Hamby are idiots, like they, because they refuse to replace him. <laughs> There's no in between. And so, like, I'm of two minds in this because I agree with you. Like, I can't imagine, like, move. Uh, I've just blanked on it. Move Monroe Mills to left tackle, try tie Buchanan at right. Like, just do it. How could it be worse? But then at the same time, if anybody knows it, what it would be like, it would be the coaches. So I don't really know where to fall. on. The, to me too, I think maybe part of it is, again, he's a captain. He's a guy who's a, you know, at this point, he's a three-year starter. Maybe you just are firmly of the opinion, hey, he's going to figure out at some point and we see flashes in practice or we see things where, hey, you know, at some point it's all going to come together. But at some point, you, you just have to resign yourself to nothing's changing and I got to make change. And that's hard to do. I mean, you know that. I mean, Taylor, you've, you've been a coach. You know that. Yes. Yeah, there's a lot that goes into personnel decisions that are not necessarily personnel, unfortunately. Yeah, a lot. Yeah. So, I don't know. I mean, again, you know, this – and, again, I, this isn't – you aren't playing Madden or NCAA football. You can't just plug and play guys and make it work. Yeah. That's that's not how this is. But, I mean, I, I would just love to see the first drive just try something different and see how it goes. And if it goes worse or equally as bad, then go back to it. But if it doesn't, just let it ride. Yeah. I, I, I would, I do want to see, I, it wouldn't surprise me just based off what we know about Kitley. If we just see some different stuff and I, and I don't know, and it, it, I'm more interested on what, and like what DeRuiter, cause like Hunter's, how he adjusts. Yeah. Hunter's like mentioned it. Like the defense is not heading in a good direction. Was that, addressed can it be addressed in the bye week um it's kind of like the offensive line to me i don't know if it can be addressed it's just kind of the reality of the situation but it'll be interesting to see yeah but with your defense i mean i i know we're saying they're heading in the wrong direction but there's i don't want people to take that as like you're still making plays on defense and you are still keeping your team in football games yeah they've given the you only- the opportunity to win Every they week. are giving you every single week. They are giving you windows and opportunities of okay. Here's a chance. We made we made like a momentum play. We got a big stop, and they haven't been getting very many times, but they do get some. And it's like, hey, we made a play. Now, offense, you go make a play. But that's been largely where you aren't playing complimentary football with each yeah. other. Um, so, I don't know. To me, um, you know, it's it's really kind of your run defense that really has been the biggest issue as far as you aren't really giving up like a bunch of like three and five and seven yard carries. To me, the biggest problem is you're giving up way too many big plays in the run game above anything else. Really that that's, that's the problem. Yeah. And I guess that's where, I guess if you're worried about West Virginia, that's where it would be. Yeah. I would agree with that. That that's really the one thing that worries me about them. Um, Hunter gave me uh, Hunter gave me six point or I gave Hunter six points. Six and a half. Six and a half. Which was which was bad. I, I'll admit it. I, I just bet West Virginia plus seven <laughs> earlier today. When it when it, when it opened up four, I felt Hunter, good. Hunter gave me six and a half. And I said, I'll take six and a half, but I think it's gonna be ten. Um, so we'll see. We'll see where I, and if it's not is it still at seven? Yeah, it's seven. If okay. it is I bet that is, moves again. Yeah. Don't you, Hunter? <sighs> yeah. You think that'll move to seven and a half? No, I, I don't. But I mean, I've been wrong on that. On that, I, I was. I can't believe it's at seven. That's yeah, a big. When, that's a big number. Especially like you. You gave like you felt like you were given, or like not giving me a deal. You felt like 
we we had some wiggle room in six point, you know, six and a half. Yeah, I, I mean, thought I thought I was getting a steal. I mean, yeah. we're we're it's close to being where we would be favored in Morgantown, which yeah. just would shock me. Yeah, but that yeah, but if I'm wrong, I will not. I'm not going to be in the state, and I can easily ignore Hunter. So just until next week, I'll be there. <laughs> oh, you are coming in. Yeah, <clears throat> nice. That'll be. Mm. I think I think I think it'll be good. That. I just, I don't know. I have a feeling, but we'll see. Um, I can't think of anything else. I, this is the first bye week in a, in a long time that I missed tech football. So I, that was a good feeling. Me too. I, I usually am so thankful for the bye week just because I wouldn't have to deal with the nonsense, but I missed yeah. them this week because I thought they played well and it was exciting last week. And so I'm, I'm anxious to, to watch it again yeah and it's just it's just about it's just about just got to keep on building on that and if you keep yeah. building on that then you're going to turn the corner in the second half and win some football games yeah. um i guess i guess you know before we get out of here my last thing would be if everybody pick is there one player that you think with a bye week could potentially have a breakout second half of the year because there's usually somebody that does as the year moves on if you yeah. had to pick one guy who's a guy that you would pick that's a good one I do wonder if it's one of your out, like if it's like Bradley, like he's the Bradley we thought after the bye week. I wish I could say like the offensive line, <laughs> like they just had a renewed spirit in, in the in the bye week. Oh, that's a good one. Yeah, I th- I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go Bradley. I think he's going. That'd be, yeah, he's gonna be the Bradley we kind of thought going okay. into this year. That's that's my pick. I mean, I guess it doesn't make sense for Morton to be like breaking, but it might be Morton. I think. Yeah, I thought about that. I didn't know if that was cheating. Yeah, it's, <laughs> kind, of, it's kind of cheating, but that's. Fine. Yeah, I think a new, you know, a new quarterback having a bye week and having, you know, having played one game um, would be the guy you would expect to get the, you know, better compared to everybody else. Yeah, I'm gonna regret. I'm gonna regret it. Just it's just because that's what I want to happen. But I'm gonna say Baylor Cup. Oh, that's I a good. It. One. I want it. Yeah. I just I want it to happen more than it probably will happen. Yeah, that's a good. But one. maybe again, like I said earlier, maybe with the bye week, um, you know, he kind of gets to reset a little bit. And I don't know. To me, he's it's like we said, he's a guy that you you need to find ways to get him the ball. You need yep. to find ways to get him the ball. Yep. Yeah, that's a good one. I like that. All right. Well, that's all I got, Hunter. You got anything? That's it. All right, Will. That's it. Okay. Well, right there. Hopefully, uh, I do not have to avoid Hunter and his six and a half points. And uh, we will see y'all next week. If you are a big techner, but you walked into the spot, from here is potable. Taylor, go Hunter.